this morning, I, I don't want to talk too much about the how and you know, what fasting is and, and how to go about it. There's a, there's a variety of different ways to do that. But what I really want to get to is the why. Because if we don't get the why, the how is pretty irrelevant. Would you agree? If, if you don't know why you would do this, basically you're not going to do it. Therefore, who cares about the how? But we'll, we'll talk about the how briefly before we start, just so that we get some sort of an understanding. So what, what is fasting? Well, it's just basically going without food or something that you like for a season or a period of time so that you can focus on the priorities of heaven and the focus on what God is saying and receiving from Him. So um, it's, it's, uh, that's why Jesus said, when you fast. Uh, keep in mind that the, the Jewish audience that He had, they knew about fasting. So it was quite common for them. It's not so common at all in our society, except or our culture, except for its health benefits. And if you're a health person, you'll, which I know many of you are, that you'll know that uh, fasting is quite commonly talked about in the context of you know, a healthy diet, etc. So, but there's lots of different ways you can fast. You know, uh, the most common is to just have no food at all um, for a season, but plenty of water. It's really essential to do that. Um, another way is to just have like juice instead of no solid food. Another way of doing it is to have a, what's called a Daniel fast, and you can read about that in the book of Daniel, where you know where Daniel said that he ate no pleasant food. So you can still eat food, but just don't take the stuff that you really like eating, because what you are doing is you are again you're setting aside what you want to focus on what God wants, and that's a great thing. So there's there's various ways of doing it, um, and look, fasting is a good idea for most people, except with um, there are certain health conditions. Uh, uh, where you need to get medical advice for that. So I'm not going to try and go into that because I don't know. But um, most people can fast without any problems at all. Um, I, I don't. Th- th- there's value in extended fasts, by the way. Uh, Jesus fasted for 40 days. Moses fasted for two lots of 40 days consecutively. That's, that's heavy duty and that's a, only a supernatural thing. You, you know, you can't do that. Um, in fact, that was he, he never had water either because he was up on top of a mountain. So uh, you, you, you die if you try and do that. So most people can't go any more than about three days without water. So I'm not advocating that at all. Uh, we'd l- rather you stayed alive and, you know, we need you and God needs you. And so just, um, just be wise about that. So why, why fast? What, here's my point this morning. Why would you want to fast? I'm glad you asked that question. Because I want to answer or give a, a, a partial answer to it at least. So number one is for personal revival. That is for something to happen inside your heart that's not happening right now. That God is wanting to do something in your life. He's wanting to turn your heart toward God, toward Him. Turning our hearts toward heaven so that we're focusing on Him. Personal revival to happen in our lives. Now, here's the thing. As a believer in Jesus... Uh, you can be reading your Bible. You can be praying every day. You can be going to church. You can be going through the motions of all the stuff that as a Christian you probably should be doing. But you know what? At the same time, you can be losing sight of your first love. It's possible for that to happen. So all of those spiritual disciplines aren't enough if you're losing sight of your first love for God. Spiritual disciplines are good, and we're going to come back to that in a minute. You know, when people set their 
heart on worship and prayer, seeking God. Anything can happen like yesterday. Anything could happen and, and did. You know, amazing things were happening here. I want to say that like yesterday was the closest thing I've seen to, to re- a revival atmosphere for quite a while. It was a, it was a pretty amazing atmosphere uh, yesterday. So um, you get in get in the atmosphere of revival i want to encourage you the next time it comes around maybe you should say to your to yourself right now in your own heart well the next time this comes around i'm just going to be there look even if you come for an hour that's okay come or two hours or stay all day uh, it, it was a great atmosphere to be in so so fasting can be a spiritual discipline but it's important we understand that there's nothing about not eating which makes you more holy. Nothing about not eating makes you more holy or even a better person in itself. Uh, it's about a heart turned toward God. That's what you need to have, a heart focused on God. So fasting is both a cause and an effect of an, and an outcome of a heart that is turned toward God. If your heart is turned toward God, you're more likely to want to fast, but fasting will hopefully help you turn your heart more towards God. So we mustn't ever think that God looks at us more favorably if we engage in any spiritual discipline. Any spiritual discipline, like, you know, prayer or Bible reading or whatever, that's not going to make God look at you and say, oh, look at, oh, I'm, you're, you're special because you read the Bible every day. God doesn't think like that, you know. He said, oh, I've chosen you. I've called you. We sang it in the song this morning. I've called you. I've already... You're already called. You're already chosen. Now, he says, now get your act together and do the things that are going to help you in your life. I've chosen you already. You're special in my sight. So fasting is a spiritual discipline, but God doesn't look at us more favorably if we engage in any spiritual discipline. It's the heart that God is after. Are you okay with this? I hope you're okay with it because I'm okay with it. And I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep on going here, so I hope you're okay with that. So um, let's read Isaiah 58, verse 1 to 8. And this is, uh, this is a little bit, I mean, this is the prophet Isaiah. And God is wanting to just direct people away from, because they were caught up in this kind of thinking. They thought, well, if we do all the stuff, God has got to be pleased with us. God, you know, God will be happy with us if we, you know, go to church every day or we pay our tithes or we do this or we do that. And then, and then maybe, you know, if, we, if, if God's sort of smiling at us, maybe we can get away with a few things. That's what they thought. They thought it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we like so long as God thinks we're pretty good. It's not true, friends. It's not true. Uh, let's, let's read this. Um, God speaking to the prophet Isaiah. Shout! A full-throated shout! Hold nothing back. A trumpet blast shout. That's a pretty, that's pretty full on, hey? Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family, Jacob, with their sins. <laughs> now, this is what prophets do, folks. Uh, everybody says, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a prophet come? You don't really want a prophet to come. Because prophets are going to do this. They're going to open their mouth. I tell you, I... One of my uncles, he's passed away now years ago, but um, he, um, he planted a lot of churches in New South Wales many, many, long time ago. And uh, he, would, he would go into, uh, into towns 
with a big tent, had a tent a tent ministry. And uh, people would start flocking to his meetings. And, uh, but there'd be people who wouldn't come because what had happened is they'd walk in the door and he'd start reading their mail. You don't necessarily want prophets, but you need prophets. You need someone to come and speak the word of God. You need someone to tell you what the truth is. Tell you the way, the way things are. So, so you're busy. They're busy, busy, busy at worship. And they love studying all about me. Maybe this is someone here in the room. I don't know. All appearances. They're a nation of right living people, law abiding, God honoring. They ask me, what's the right thing to do? And they love having me on their side. But they also complain, hey, God, why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? So they were realizing that some things weren't really working out for them, even while they were doing all this spiritual stuff. Well, here's why, God says, the bottom line on your fast days, and we're talking here about corporate fasting, by the way, folks. And there's something really powerful about corporate fasting. Like we're, we're doing, we've sort of said, let's make this a faster. I'm not, I'm not saying... I don't, I don't know if everyone here is fasting. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand or anything. But, but I, I'm saying let's, let's fast during the month of November, okay, for 21 days. So your fast days, the, the bottom line is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. You fast, but at the same time, you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting, uh, that kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Next slide. This is the kind of fast, God says, the fast day that I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace, to free the oppressed, to cancel debts. What I'm interested in, this is, this is the heartbeat of God, folks. This is the way God thinks. So what I'm interested in is seeing you do, to do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, and being available to your own families. This is all the kind of stuff that God says, I want you to do. If you're in Matthew chapter 25, it's all about the sheep and the goats. And he said, uh, you know, well, put the sheep over here and enter, enter you know, with joy into my kingdom. But the goats, you know, you're out. Why, why was that? Because the sheep, they, they just did the basic stuff. You know, they fed the, they fed the hungry. They looked after people who didn't have any place to stay. They went and visited those sick who are in, and those sick and those who are in prison. This, this, this is the stuff. And God says, when you do that stuff, you know, I'm going I'm to welcome you to my kingdom. And sometimes we think that, you know, uh, we get all caught up with our theology and we say that, uh, you know, you've got you've to get the right wording in your praying and, and you know, if you, you've got to uh, do all this uh, things right uh, so that you can God will accept you but there's a lot I want to tell you friends there'll be a lot of people in heaven that you never thought would be there because they didn't get you have your theology and they didn't uh, say the right words and the, and the right praying and everything and they didn't have the right belief system but they fed the hungry and they clothed those who never had enough clothes and they they gave a roof over people and God says that's who I went and welcome into my kingdom so um, we got to keep that in mind um I could go on for quite a while about that, but I'm not going to. So, um, so, uh, so spiritual disciplines or, or routines will never substitute for right living and getting our hearts right with God and, and uh, you know, being obedient to God's Word. Can you see what I'm saying there? Fasting is really important and having our heart turned toward God, but, but don't think that fasting in itself uh, is going to give you any brownie points with God. I don't think actually, God actually doesn't keep brownie points. 
He's not, he's not like that, like a plus and a minus system. Uh, that's not really the way it works. God says, I've chosen you. I've called you. I've put my spirit within you. You know, I've given you my word. I've given you everything that you need for life and godliness. Now, get your act together and start living the right way. That's what God says to each one of us. So uh, fasting as a way of uh, personal revival and turning our heart toward God, that's a great thing, a great reason why you would want to fast. Second thing is about worship. Fasting is a uh, can be and is a part of our worship, which I think is a really valuable thing. So I remember years ago, many, many years ago, when I um, uh, first led worship in a church, uh, we're out at Chinchilla, and uh, I don't know, uh, Pam, if you can remember this, if you were there at the time, but uh, I was, I don't know, I was about 20 years old or something like that, I forget, but uh, I, it was, I had an opportunity to lead the worship, you know, and so... Uh, I took it pretty seriously because what was happening in the church at that time, there was this, this revival atmosphere and, you know, the gifts of the Spirit in operation and people were coming and amazing things were happening. And, and I had the opportunity to lead the worship one Sunday night. So, um, uh, so I, so I, I fasted and prayed for three days just to get my song list. <laughs> now, uh, Matthew, I don't know if I'm raising the bar here for song selection, but... Uh, <laughs> but that's but that did happen okay I, it did happen okay I'm, I'm not telling you you should do that I'm just telling you that's what I did I don't think I ever did it again after that but I did that the first time all right so what happened is I had this list of songs and we started singing started worshiping God and I had the list but we never got to the list because the presence of God just came down and uh, people were just caught up in, in worshiping Jesus so so uh, we never got to the list, you know, um, and we went for an hour just worshiping God and just with one or two songs. So uh, I just know that that uh, worship is something that's so close to the heart of God. And, you know, when you've got uh, an audience of one, when you know that, you, that it, it has to be that way, folks, don't worship to impress anybody else. You might, Maybe you've got a great voice or, or maybe you've got not a great voice, uh, but don't don't do it to impress anybody else. Don't put up your hands so that people will think you're holy. Just keep your heart open to God and realize that He is the receiver, the recipient of your worship, not anybody else, nothing to do with anyone else. Uh, there's one sacrifice that's pleasing to God, and that is the offering of our whole lives as a sacrifice to Him. Let's read it, Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, on account of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now we're talking here about something that, that God is pleased with. God is pleased with the offering of our lives as a sacrifice to Him in worship. But it also comes down to, you know, uh, being willing to make sacrifices and, uh, you know, just dedicating your whole life to God. And fasting certainly is that. So... When we come to God in, in worship and we're offering our life to God in, in, in worship, you know what's happening? You are feeding God. God is receiving something from you. Most of our lives, most of what we have, we're receiving from God. Let's face it. Everything that we are and have comes from God. But when you worship Him, He's receiving something from you. And that's, that is an amazing thing. We're feeding him, and it's something he's really pleased with. And, you know, Abraham in the Old Testament uh, understood that. He, he was like that. He was a worshiper of God. 
He had a heart after God. He was obeying God in all that he did. He took risks to obey God. He was trusting in God, even when he didn't understand, even when he had no idea. God said to Abraham, I want you to leave here, leave your home and your father's household, a very big deal in those days. Leave your father's house and go to a place and I'll show you when you get there. This is the place. Hey, that's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. Anyway, one day Abraham's sitting outside his tent. He's got to the promised land, the place that God said him, this is where I want you to stay. And uh, he's sitting there outside his tent, middle of the day, and uh, up comes these three, three men, three figures. And, and what was happening right here, if you read the story in G- Genesis 15, God came down and talked with Abraham, with two angelic beings with him. And so they looked like ordinary people, but Abraham knew something different, knew something was going on here. And so uh, he said, well, we better, we better look after this. So he says to his wife, Sarah, you know, can go and, go and uh, get, get a meal ready. We need to look after these people. And they fed God. Here's the amazing thing, that God, when you read the whole story, God began to discuss with Abraham his close plans and what he was thinking. And uh, when you feed God, He's going to tell you, He will tell you things that He might hide from others. That's why our worship has to be totally directed toward God, totally directed toward Him. Nothing else, just towards God. And fasting is one way of turning our hearts toward God and in, in our worship, uh, as, as an act of worship. Fasting is an act of worship to God. You know, you say, I'm going to sacrifice this food or you know, maybe it's McDonald's or something. Or we talked about it the other, other week. Maybe it's coffee. You know? I will give you a bit of a tip on this one. If you don't think coffee is addictive, just try not having it for a while and see what happens. I'll guarantee within about less than a day, you're going to be having headaches. You're going to be having other symptoms that show you that you're just addicted to that stuff. Now, I'm not saying don't drink coffee. I, I, what I normally do, if I'm fasting, I just normally keep on drinking the coffee. But if I'm really serious, I'll knock off the coffee and the tea, but probably a few days before. So that uh, you know, when I come to do the fast, then I'm, it's kind of, I'm out of that. I'm past that. So, does that make sense? Okay, third thing, to hear from God. Fasting helps you to dedic- dedicating your attention, giving your attention, uh, helps you to hear from God. We've just been talking about Abraham hearing from God. But yeah, there's so many examples in the Old Testament of people who got alone with God for extended time periods just to hear from Him. And I asked the question this morning, how will you hear from God when God wants to speak to you, when God wants to do something uh, and share some personal things with you, how are you going to go about hearing from Him? Fasting is one way to dedicate your heart and set time aside to, to spend time with God. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, he was fasting for three days when he received his assignment to go to the non-Jewish world with the message of Jesus. That was pretty significant, hey? 
Jesus fasted for 40 days at the beginning of his earthly ministry. Uh, that was also incredibly uh, significant. Um, some years ago, uh, we were going through a time, we were living in Toowoomba here, but we had a, I had a stirring in, in my heart and, and both of us really that God was redirecting us at that time. So um, I remember I went away to fast and pray for a few days. And, and uh, at the time, I, I, at the end of it, I was up in, up on, actually on top of Gowrie Mountain just out, out here. And, uh, and I was up there for a few hours just praying. And, and I felt God spoke to me really clearly with his word, which was unusual for me. And uh, I felt God say to me, turn your face to the south. I didn't know what that meant, but uh, I, I knew someone uh, in, in, in Victoria in the, who was the, uh, one of the leaders in the state AOG, ACC at that time. And I, so I rang up this guy. He was the sec- state secretary. I rang him. And uh, so I felt, you know, God's just trying to redirect us in this. And uh, within a couple of weeks, we were, we'd packed up and we were on our way to go to Victoria and to take on a church down there. That became an incredibly fruitful season for us at that time and for the church as well. Um, so all I'm saying is that uh, at that time, uh, I heard from God partly because I was fasting. And I, I think that uh, if you need to hear from God for something special in your life, consider uh, setting aside some time to pray and fast. It doesn't have to be just like, like I've said, you know, three weeks of prayer and fasting. It doesn't have to. It could be any time. You could, you could be fasting, you know, every, every week or if you want or every day, not all day every day, but that would be a bit hard. But, um, number, number four, nearly finished, spiritual breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough in your life specifically, and that's what we've been talking about, fasting is a great way to, to, to receive that from God, to receive that kind of spiritual authority, that kind of open door, uh, that, uh, you know, that you really need to be able to enter into the fullness of God for your life. So uh, in Matthew chapter 17, there's a story of a, uh, of, a, of a guy, a father, who had a demon-possessed son. And the son was uh, just a young boy, but he was possessed by this thing. And he was always, um, you know, like foaming at the mouth and having seizures. And it would, this uh, demonic spirit uh, was like a suicidal spirit. It would always try and throw him into water or into fire to harm him in some way. And so Jesus was up on the mountain again with uh, a few of his disciples and, and just uh, really entering into an amazing time with God. He came down from the mountain and this father of this young boy came to Jesus and said, you know, Master, if you can heal my son, please, please heal him. He's affected by an evil spirit and I brought him to your other disciples, but they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus says these, he turns to the crowd and he says, uh, how many times do I have to go over this, these things? How much, he was pretty frustrated you know, when he said this. How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. And he ordered the afflicting demon out. And he was out, gone from that moment on. The boy was well. So it was an instantaneous deliverance, uh, healing in that moment. And uh, the disciples were pretty perplexed about this. They didn't know what was going on. You see, the thing is, Jesus had previously already given them authority over sickness and evil spirits and sent them out. And they, and they did. They went out. So they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out this evil spirit? You know, and so the next verse says, in verse 20, it says, Because you're not taking God seriously yet said Jesus. The simple truth is that if you were a mere kernel of faith, 
a poppy seed, say, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So there are some things that we have to learn in life that we need uh, a kind of authority that only comes from uh, specifically uh, pressing into God and taking hold of that authority in your life. As a dimension of faith and authority that God wants us to enter into, uh, but it requires a focus, our focusing our lives on those sort of things. So how do, how do you get ready for the new thing that God is wanting to do in your life? The next, the next step, the next level, the next thing that God wants to do in your life. Because friends, the Christian life is not static. It's not, it's not about you know, staying the same. It's not just getting comfortable and knowing that your eternal future is secure and sitting back in the armchair. It's not like a passenger ship. It's more like a battleship or a hospital ship or a supply ship, or something like that. But it sure ain't a cruise ship. Mind you, cruise ships aren't bad. You know? <laughs> but but that, the Christian life is not like that. It's got a purpose, and God has wanted to, to lead you and me into the next thing and the next step, and there's always something new. God says, you know, uh, I'm, I'm behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see it? Can't you perceive it yet? I'm doing something new in your life. Sometimes fasting is what we need to do to enter into the new thing. When you fast, you're getting rid of the old and you're making way for a new, like a new Pentecost, a new infilling of the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And it might not happen straight away. Uh, a lot of people that I've read about and talked about, talked to people about fasting and, and my own personal experiences, maybe nothing will happen straight away. So, so I, I know some people who... Um, who fasted for extended periods like three weeks or even um, 30 days or whatever. And, and uh, they're expecting, you know, the heavens to open and great, amazing things to happen straight away. And it didn't happen straight away. And they're a bit disappointed, you know. But, and actually what's happened is in the long run, you'll find that you'll be getting closer to God and your heart will be open to God and you'll be more sensitive and attentive to hear from God. So it's not always automatic, but it's still a great thing to do to press into God and take hold of what he's got for your life. So here's the thing. I wonder if our, our creative team can come back right now. And You know, if you've never done a fast, and again, I'm not going to ask people to put up their hands, but, but if you've never done that, maybe it's time to consider right now uh, doing a fast. And, and we've said uh, for the, as a church, you know, we want to we like have, have 21 days till the 21st of November, uh, a prayer and fasting. So if you've never done fasting, um, why don't you think about it, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks? There's, there's still a bit of time till then. What's that area of life that you can't seem to overcome? What's that challenge that you've been facing that you know stands between you and your destiny? That thing that you just need to break. Maybe it's some habit. Maybe it's some addiction. Maybe it's something in your life that you just need to really break off your life. Could be, you know, some behavior, you know, is not glorifying to God. Maybe it's time to start a fast. Maybe you just need to hear from God. Maybe you need to, to have more of His power and authority in your life. And so fasting is certainly a way to move in that direction and orient your heart towards God and uh, let Him do something supernatural and amazing in your life. I wonder, can we stand up this morning in God's presence? Mm -hmm.